This is episode 217, The Impact of an Unsupportive Parent with Sarah. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the show, everyone. I just realized that last month, October, was the four-year anniversary of the show. How does time go by so fast? Four years. Oh my goodness. So thank you to all of you who've been around from the beginning. And if you haven't rated and reviewed the show, it would mean so much to me if you did. If you don't have time to write a review, that's fine. Just go on your app, click to rate, put in the number of stars. It only takes a few seconds. And if you do want to write a review, I read all of them and they really touch my heart. So thank you. I have a great call for you today, as usual, especially to those of you, and I know that will be many of you who relate to doing a lot of work, but feeling like you aren't really seeing the impact. Like you have a lot of awareness, but you're not seeing the results. Before we dive in, I have something very personal to share, some some big news. No, I'm not pregnant, but it is big news. Uh, Before that, I want to just remind you that my spring retreat is coming up. I talk about it in this episode because Sarah is the perfect avatar for the spring retreat, someone who's done a lot of work, but things aren't really shifting. The early bird discount of $500 expires on November 30th. So you are going to want to enroll before then. It's March 6th through 8th in San Diego. Go to christinehassler.com slash spring retreat. Like I've said in previous podcasts, if you think this podcast is helpful, multiply it by about a million and that's how helpful the retreat is. It is a game changer. It's based on the work that really changed my life and it's one of my most favorite things that I do all year. It's really, really special and really sacred. And honestly, I haven't found a lot of work like this out there. Uh, So come join us. Again, christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat, or you can email jill at christinehassler.com. Early bird ends November 30th. All right. So here's the news. We are moving. We love California. I've lived in California for 20 years. It's been my home. I never thought I'd leave. But over the summer, we got news from our landlord that she wants to move back into the house. So that's two houses in Encinitas that I have had to leave when I haven't wanted to. So we did some meditation on it. And clearly the universe is pointing out of Encinitas. I think it really served me well here. It was the reason I met the love of my life. If I hadn't moved here, I don't think we would have met because it required the series of events that transpired from that move but it seems to have an expiration date. So we are moving to Austin, Texas. I have a connection to Austin because my family lives there now. I grew up in Dallas, but now my entire family's in Austin. We have a big community and tribe out there. And we're just feeling a call to go and spread our message and spread our love and develop community in Austin. And we're going to start doing live monthly events in Austin as well, our Love Amplified events. So if you're anywhere near Austin, we should be there in the spring. We're headed to Australia January, February, and then we'll be floating around and hopefully settling in Austin in the springtime. So it is done. We have bought a house. It's happening. It's very bittersweet. I have mixed feelings about leaving California. That is for sure. 
I mentioned Australia. For those Australians who are listening, we are considering doing an event on the West Coast of Australia in January. But I want to know if people are interested in us doing that. We would do the Love Amplified event, which is all about amplified self-love, relational love, and love of your higher power. We'd be including breath work in that. It would be a really epic day. We did it in London and people want us to come back. (laughs) So Australians, if you want some of that, let us know. If there's enough of a demand, we will do it. Go to christinehasler.com slash Australia. That just is a way for you to put your name and email into an interest list so we can gauge how many people are interested, what kind of space we need, so on and so forth. So really, really appreciate it. Again, it'll be somewhere on the West Coast, um, maybe Brisbane, maybe Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, somewhere around there. So stay tuned. And if you have an idea for a venue space or connections to a venue space, please email assist at christinehassler.com. That would be very, very, very helpful. Uh, Steph is from the East Coast of Australia, so we don't you know, have as many connections on the West Coast, but that's where we're going to teach the workshop. So, all right. That's the update, everybody. Let's talk about this call. Like I said, Sarah has done a lot of work. She really, really wants to bring love into her life, and she's just wondering why the work isn't working. So as you're listening to this call, consider... Did you have a parent who was unsupportive? Are you struggling to call in a relationship? Do you know you have issues but can't seem to change things? Do you feel like a black sheep or misunderstood in your family? So keep these questions in mind as you're listening to my call with Sarah. Before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for the week, which is Lola. I love Lola because it's a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going in your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. I love the subscription. I hate having to run to the drugstore every month or run out of what I need. I figured out exactly what I need every month, how many, what absorbency. I just have my subscription model. It comes and I don't have to run to that fluorescent lighting drugstore and buy products that I don't feel good about putting in my body. Do you know the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products? So most of them don't. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. No synthetic ingredients like rayon and polyester, no harsh chemical cleansing agents, fragrance, or dyes. And like I said, Lola makes your month a bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable, so you can choose your mix of products, absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Again, Lola is founded by women for women, and you do good with your purchase. They donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. for every purchase. So here's your call to action. For 30% off all subscriptions, which is a great discount, visit mylola.com and enter promo code OVERIT30, and that's the digits, three, zero. Again, mylola.com, promo code OVERIT30. And now on to my coaching session with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the show. How can I help? Thanks, Christine. I am just at a loss when it comes to dating. I'm 36. I've dated on and off for the last 
I don't know, 10, 11 years. And before that, when I was younger, I was in a really serious long-term relationship. But looking back, it probably wasn't healthy. So I just feel like I'm struggling and not really knowing what I'm doing wrong. And maybe I'm not doing anything wrong. Maybe it's just trial and error. But mm-hmm. it's been a long road of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're, first of all, you're not doing anything wrong. I'm sure you've given this a lot of thought. Why do you think you're not in a healthy, committed relationship? Well, I feel like I intend really well to walk into relationships very mindfully and I give it thought, I take things slowly. So I've just noticed that around that three-month mark is when things just start to unravel. That's the best way to put it. Usually it's like I lose interest or he loses interest or in the last case, it felt like a lot of issues started to come up where I noticed that, you know, he had temperament anger issues. And I feel like around the three month mark, it's when I really start to care about somebody as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to untangle from that. So in the last situation, it felt like he was putting down a lot of my interests that I'm very excited and proud to do. I do a lot of um, food photography and cooking for fun. And it's just, oh, you know, cool. it's a hobby and yeah, I love it. It makes me really happy. I get excited because it's creative, but it's also healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't expect my partner to fully understand it, but I expect my partner to be somewhat supportive and just, you know, smile and say, oh, it's really nice. It's yeah. great you put up. Yeah, sure. It. You deserve that. So let's, let's break this down a little bit. So three months, it's, it's when, is when hormones wear off. <laughs> so usually it's pretty standard that after three months is when stuff starts to come up or stuff starts to fall apart, or we start to see the real person. So yeah. let's go back a little further. Cause again, I'm, I'm sure you've thought of this. So generally our romantic relationships reflect unresolved issues from childhood. So it can be things from our parents, things we witnessed in our parents' marriage, what we did or didn't get from our parents. It can even show up in any kind of trauma or difficulty we had with friends. Like for example, if friends betrayed us or rejected us, or we didn't feel like we fit in, that can show up in relationships as well. So what are some of the key significant life events from your childhood that you think could be impacting this? I think, I mean, I've gone through some coaching before. I think the big significant event, and I think probably still impacts today, is I don't have the closest relationship with my parents. And I don't, like, yeah, I love them and they love me and they care about me, but it's not a very deep kind of involved relationship where I share my deep personal thoughts and feelings and my day-to-day with them. So tell me Um, why that is. Were they working when you were a kid? Were there a lot of other siblings? Why do you not feel close to them? I think that there was a big gap in terms of our personality and values. So my mom is very, she very kind of follows the rules, very by the book. And I was just more independent and more maybe free-spirited, opinionated, creative, I think that may have scared her off a little bit. So if I expressed an opinion that she didn't agree with, she would almost get freaked out by it. And I just, I I think the big defining kind of thing that shifted our relationship was when I was 13, I went through a very difficult time with a friend and rather than her being supportive towards it, she kind of left me off on my own and just yelled at me and she didn't talk to me for several weeks. And then my sister, because of that incident, also did not talk to me for 
like at least two years. So for like 10th and 11th grade, my sister didn't talk to me at all. And my mom hadn't talked to me for a couple of weeks, even though I hadn't done anything wrong. Why in your mom's um, opinion, did she not talk to you? Like what gave her the, the she reason? She said for- I had just, yeah, she said I'd just been really difficult and that I couldn't handle my own issues and that I had embarrassed her in front of other people mm-hmm. um, because she thought I had run away from home when really I had gotten out of a bad situation when I was visiting a friend and I called her up for help. So rather than her coming to me and, you know, asking, is everything okay? She just yelled at me and said, I thought you ran away. You really embarrassed me. What was the bad situation with a friend? I had stayed with a friend over the weekend and her brother and the brother's friends were really kind of being mean to me and I was afraid I would cry in front of them. So I just thought this is ridiculous. My friend isn't there for me and these two guys are sort of being really mean to me. So rather than me crying in front of them, I'm just going to go and call a neighbor and call my mom up. Okay. That was very brave of you. So what do you think... What do you think are the the stories or the limiting beliefs that you made from that significant event? I think that I don't have support because that's kind of what that situation showed me. And then kind of looking back, you know, I feel like it shouldn't have been such a surprise because even before that, I was like, it's not like she ever was there when I was going through a difficult time. So if a teacher was unfair to me, rather than listen to what actually happened and my side of things, her opinion was the teacher is always correct. And I don't want you to embarrass me. I don't want you to do anything wrong. You Mm -hmm. should just never, you know, make any waves, just do everything right. I think the limiting belief is the lack of support. Yeah. Yeah. And lack of support, but what else do you think you made all that mean about you? I am, or I'm not. I think I have to do everything on my own. I cannot mm-hmm. rely on other people for support. That's what I feel like. So yep. I've always done everything on my own. Okay. And how do you think that's affecting your love life? Well, I think when this guy I'd last dated kind of brought this up, I should have left him right away, like looking back. Instead, I stayed and I kind of told myself, so what if my partner doesn't support what I really enjoy? Like his opinion shouldn't affect me. I am strong enough to just sort of do it on my own. Mm, let me, let me help you with this one. So the reason you're attracting partners who don't support you is because your mom didn't support you. You said to me a few minutes ago, whenever you expressed an opinion, she would disagree or she'd get angry. So that's a, that's a wound right there. The wound of I'm not accepted. People don't understand me. When I express something that's important to me, I get rejected. So I'm not surprised that you drew in a man that did that. And honestly, in a romantic relationship, no, people are entitled to their opinions in terms of if they don't want to go take the pictures with you, or if you really love chicken and they want to be a vegetarian, but to not support something that's important to you, that is not okay. Yeah. That is not okay. He said that he was a bit older than me. And he said that if somebody in his generation was taking pictures of food, that they would be sent to a mental institute. He sounds a lot like mom. Yeah. In terms of how he makes you feel. So you're attracting people, men in particular, that are triggering this core wound with mom. And who knows if we'll even get to dad, just what you told me about mom is enough. It's triggering this core wound with mom about not feeling supported, not feeling understood, 
And also having like just crazy things said to you, like the situation of being scared at your friend's house and your mom making that about embarrassing her. I'm sorry, sweetheart, but that's traumatic. And then she goes and doesn't talk to you. Yeah, I hear you. And it was, it was the hardest thing to not talk to my own mother or like try to talk to my own mother under the same roof and her just get up and leave when I'm trying to make conversations. Yeah. I, I really want you to know I hear you. And I really believe, and I'm telling you this, you and the 13 year old girl, that you did the right thing by leaving that house. The thing is, Sarah, you have a high tolerance for shitty behavior and yeah. it's why you're kind of attracting the men that you are in terms of them being shitty to you. Like what that man said, who cares how old he is? He doesn't give him a right to say that. And it's, it's again, like what I have seen from all my years of experience, both living my own life and working with thousands of people is that we tend to attract things that very much mirror our biggest core wounds. So we have an opportunity to heal them. So when I asked you about the limiting beliefs and what you've made that mean about you, you said, I have to do everything on my own. And Mm -hmm. that's a very valid belief. And that's a belief that's kept you safe for many, many years. And the thing about our safety beliefs, even if we're not thinking them, like I very seriously doubt you're going through your day repeating over and over to yourself, I have to do everything on my own. But it's a very strong limiting core belief that's setting a vibrational tone. It's basically what you're broadcasting out there. And if you have the belief, I have to do everything on my own, then that's completely counteractive to wanting to call in a supportive partner. Because some part of you thinks that you're just on your own anyway. So it's like you're not really in the vibrational space. Your heart isn't really open enough. You don't really believe that anyone could be out there for you. Now, not all parts of you believe that. This is a very unconscious thing. But a big part of you still believes that, which is why you haven't had the relationship you want. You're longing for that kind of relationship. That longing and that pain that can come from that longing is a wake-up call to go back and deal with some of these things that happen with your mom and this feeling of feeling really alone and not supported for most of your life. Because until you really go back and deal with that and heal that, Sarah, it's going to be really hard to draw in a super loving, supportive man. Does this make sense? It does. I just don't know how to shift that. Like I'm really aware of the patterns. I just don't know what to do now about it. Well, you said you did coaching. What kind of coaching did you do and how did that go? So I actually had career coaching in the past, like two years ago. And it was interesting because the patterns with my mom, who was an authority figure when I was younger, were showing up with my female manager, who's an authority figure now that I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. We worked through some of those issues. Um, I tried just like coaching and I just don't know if the coach was fully attuned to kind of the details of my life and mm-hmm. it just didn't quite work out yeah. so then I ended up feeling even more deflated like yeah I tried this I um, keep trying and I just keep feel like no matter what course I take I end up in the same dead end yeah yeah well there's a couple of things I would highly recommend coming to my spring retreat that would really 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 help 
and it would move you along. And then before coming and after, I would find a really good therapist or counselor. And honestly, I think everybody needs a good therapist or counselor. This is not, this is I not. I did talk to a therapist mm-hmm. about these issues earlier this year, especially as I was going through that mm-hmm. relationship with that man. And I did it for a few months. And then it just, again, it felt like, okay, I'm aware of the patterns, but what do I do next? Yeah. Well, when you asked the therapist that, what did they say? I don't know if I really got a clear answer. It okay. was just sort of like, we're looking at the root causes of the issues and, Maybe you, now that this relationship is over, maybe you have to like go out and do X, Y, and Z to meet people. I just don't know if it was actionable enough for me. Yeah. So what, and this is why I'd say come to the spring retreat because awareness is just the, the step. So what I would do if I was working with you is I would, and it's more than I can do on a podcast because we just don't have enough time. I would work with you on going back and working with that little girl and that teenager and giving her a voice and letting her feel her feelings and going back and doing self-forgiveness. I would do an extensive healing of memories process with you. Mm -hmm. I'd help you go back into the trauma, help you say the things that you didn't say, feel the things that you didn't feel, start to update the limiting beliefs, work with some guided meditations to help reprogram your brain. And then action steps moving forward would all be around one, expressing yourself and not being afraid of the repercussions, speaking your truth more. And a big one would be asking for support and making yourself more vulnerable in the world. Not vulnerable in terms of, I'm going to set myself out to get hurt, but doing very specific things, taking very specific action steps that help break the belief that I have to do everything on my own. So for example, let's say you had a trip and normally you take a cab. I'd say, I want you to call a friend and ask them to take you to the airport. That's just that super quick, meaningless example I'm making up. But can you see what I'm saying in terms of some of the action steps? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think also I've, the other issues, I've done a lot of this. Like I became a yoga teacher. I've written letters to my nine-year-old self. I've written letters to my mom and expressed the hurt. It's just. But how much have you really, really, really felt it and really felt it with compassion and also really felt your anger? Like writing a letter is great, but. Yeah. There's a difference between writing a letter and the stuff we do at my retreat and, and the stuff I teach in mastery and in expectation hangover of doing a very therapeutic anger release where it's not writing, it's yelling, it's screaming, it's crying, it's moving through the feelings with tons of compassion. And I think And I say this to you because I used to very much be like this. You're very smart. You understand it in your head. You've stuck maybe a toe or a whole foot in the water in terms of really getting to the emotion. Because when I feel into you, my heart hurts. There's a broken heart in there, Sarah, that got broken a long time ago when you felt not seen by the people you thought would see you most, your parents, especially your mother. 
And I mean, when I do this exercises and I write the letters, I can feel it in that moment. And I've done the yelling and screaming exercise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I did it this past summer at a retreat. Mm-hmm. However, when I get out of it, like I'm not angry at my mom. I feel like she did her best, but she just didn't know that it was not the best for me. That's how I have sort of dealt with it. Well, it may be appropriate to let yourself get angry at your mom because there's a little bit of bypassing going on from my perspective. And I'm not saying angry at her forever, but it's, it's what it feels like to me is you haven't really found your true power and the universe is protecting you from getting into a long-term relationship because I, I feel, and you can take everything I say and throw it out. I feel you'd get into a relationship where you wouldn't really feel empowered and you wouldn't feel supported. And part of taking your power back is actually like getting, letting yourself be angry at your mom. Like, letting yourself be, you can understand it. I understand it. I, you know, I can empathize with her. She has her own story, whatever, but there is part of the healing process where we have to let ourselves express the anger that we feel at someone. Then we move into forgiveness and compassion and we let it go. Yet there's a almost like this loyalty that you have to her that's preventing you from really claiming your power. Yeah, and that's another issue that I feel like comes up like when I'm really into the guy, even when he shows that shitty behavior, I don't leave the situation because I want him to heal from whatever wound he has in order to like be nice to me again, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I keep making excuses for them. So I think one of my challenges is is um that I have to work through is walking away from a bad situation and I can sort of tell myself maybe he's not a bad person but right now he's not meeting my needs or he just isn't nice to me and I don't need that right right yeah and just know that right right now you're in a place where you're attracting unsupportive people because you haven't really found that power and support inside yourself quite yet so I think it's I acknowledge you and I hear all the work that you've done there's more there's more to do And that's just how the human evolution process goes. And you've had a big, for lack of a better word, trauma in your life and not feeling seen and supported by your mother, even to a point that you felt disowned by her at times. That's a massive rejection. That's a big alley. I think more emotionally disowned because I don't know if she ever accepted it. I think right now she doesn't have a choice because I'm an adult. And like, I'm not, you know, I never went off track that I was drinking, you know, like binge drinking or partying or doing drugs. I was always a really good kid, but it's just like, no matter what standards I met, it was like the bar was set higher and higher and was impossible to reach. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That's really hard to grow up with. Let yourself. I look at it like it could be worse, you know, but, but, but sweetheart. This is what's preventing you from actually getting to the healing. You're, you're almost trying to pep talk yourself out of it versus allowing yourself to feel how messed up that was. Now, I'm not saying that you stay there forever, but a, 
And sometimes in the spiritual self-help world, this part gets passed over. We want to go straight to forgiveness. We want to go straight to the person did the best they can. And if you listen to me, I get there with everything. Like I believe that. However, first you have to get to allowing yourself to feel the feelings you never got to feel and be like, you know what, mom? Not, I'm not saying you say this to her. This is something you do in your own work. I'm pissed. That was really effed up of you. How could you disown your own daughter because of your pride? You care more about what other people think of you than your mm-hmm. own daughter's feelings? How dare you? That's... Yeah, those are the exact words that I told her probably about five years ago mm-hmm. because she tried to open me up and talk to me and say, hey, why don't you ever talk to me? Now that you're older, I'm more like your friend, not your mother. And it just came out. I got really angry at her and I said, what do you mean you're my friend right now? You stopped talking to me when I was 13 years old. And now all of a sudden you want to be besties. Like it doesn't work that way. And I was so angry that I couldn't even get the words out. They were just like spitting out. Well, and, and that's, that's amazing that you, you know, have been able to confront, but this is work that you're going to do not with her, you know, on your own. And it's going to be way easier to get the words out if you're not in front of her. So just to clarify, Mm -hmm. anger work is not something we do towards the other person in their presence. We do it, you know, at a pillow in the safety of our own room, but there's more words and anger and feelings that need to come out. It's like, you got to find your voice again and your power again. And I still stand behind my recommendation, like come to the spring retreat and find someone that is a little stronger that you can work with, you know, that, that you don't put on a pedestal, like an authority figure, right. But that, that you respect and that, you know, is just holding a very loving, but fierce space for you to find your power and find your voice. Because I believe your spirit and who you are and why you didn't really fit into your family is I think you are super creative, super fiery, super passionate, super eccentric, all those things. And it's been muted because you weren't understood or accepted and you were judged. And therefore the people you're dating right now are more a reflection of you, one, thinking you have to do everything on your own and two, thinking the only way that you're loved is if you're not yourself. And so you're not really drawing in aligned partners. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And once you really work with this and, and get to the bottom of it and (laughs) let yourself feel and express all the things that have been held inside for so many years, again, not to the people and you do it in the way that I teach, which is the expression of the emotion, the yelling, the crying, the self-consoling, and eventually the forgiveness. And you do this a lot. Like I didn't get over my issues going to one retreat and doing anger work once or reading one book or one talking to one therapist. It takes a little while. And so I would let go of trying to find a man right now and focus on finding your voice and your power again. Okay. Very possible. But Stop making it about your love life because it's not about that. Your love life will change when you get further in healing what we talked about today. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do with the coaching. And I feel like I've been sort of working on myself for a while. I mean, I've done a lot. I've gone through therapy. I've gone through coaching. I've read books. 
um, on forgiveness. I've done journaling, meditation. Like I, I feel like I've I done know. a lot. Well, I know, I know, but you're not done. And maybe you haven't yeah. done exactly the most aligned things. Cause I don't know that you should be reading books on forgiveness right now. I don't think that's where you are. I think you're more in how do I find my anger and how do I actually like stand, like give that little girl and that young woman a voice again. You're not too yeah. forgiveness yet. You will get there. The one person I think you need to forgive is yourself for thinking you should be farther along. Yeah. That's the hardest person to forgive yourself. Like with this guy, when sort of that relationship ended, I was more angry at myself, but I was also really scared that I got as far into it as I did. Yeah. Yeah. But you got out. Yeah. You got out. So if you want to work on forgiveness, work on it with you. Okay. Okay. That's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> you well, got thank this. Thank you, Christine. My pleasure. I want to acknowledge Sarah for her honesty, her openness, and also just how much she's done to really dig deep to work through her stuff. And I can appreciate and understand the frustration because I've been there myself when I feel like I've worked through this, I've cried, I've journaled, why isn't it changing? And as I said to her, sometimes it just takes time. Sometimes parts of us aren't ready to let it go. Sometimes, you know, the tools have to be up-leveled. We have to find you teach different teachers, different tools. When it comes to patterns that have been there since we were young, you take some time. You can't just go to one retreat or, you know, do therapy for a year or have one big emotional release and think that you're done. You know, I'm not saying it can happen, but if it's not happening, please don't beat yourself up. So Sarah came in with the question of, I'm 36 and I'm at a loss when it comes to dating. What am I doing wrong? And I said it then and I'll say it again. You're not doing anything wrong. Basically, it's probably good that you haven't had a relationship because as I told her, she's still attracting based on unresolved issues, which is normal. And the three-month mark, I'm not surprised that's when the relationship would wear off or end or someone would lose interest because that's when the honeymoon period wear off and the hormones wear off and you this pardon my French, shit starts to come up. Our old wounding starts to come up and we really start to have the opportunity to work through that. So I asked her about a key significant life event that she thinks is impacting the issues she's had with dating. And the one we got to is the one with her mom. You know, I didn't even need to hear about her dad. Maybe there was stuff there, but the one with her mom, not feeling supported by her mom, not feeling understood by her mom, even being emotionally disowned by her mom is devastating. And please know that our issues with our parents show up in relationships, regardless if it's mom or dad. For example, you don't have to have daddy issues to have relationships with men. If you're a heterosexual woman, you could have mommy issues and attract men like mommy. Same for, for men. You know, you could have, you could have mommy issues, but you could also have daddy issues and attract women like daddy. You know, it it doesn't really matter the gender or sex. It's more about the, the wound, the unresolved issue. And for Sarah, it really was about feeling not supported and, and forming that limiting belief. I have to do everything on my own. So she's attracting men who are triggering this core wound with mom around not feeling supported, not feeling understood, and also having things said to her that don't fit the situation. Like what that guy said about her photography is very similar to what her mom said to her about the the running away and it embarrassed her. And I know I got a little 
you know, judgmental about mom's reaction and I'm not hearing her side of the story. So I'm, there may have been things that I don't know that were going on, but at the same time, I find it a little heartbreaking that a mother would be more concerned about embarrassment than the safety of her child. Just saying. So because of this, Sarah has a high tolerance for shitty behavior, (laughs) which means that she'll allow people in her life, like men, that don't treat her very well and think she needs to change herself. I also want to talk about our safety beliefs. They set a strong vibrational tone. So she has a safety belief that I'm better off on my own. And so that's unconsciously broadcasting. I'm not going to let anyone in. Now, this also ties into why certain counselors and therapies and everything like that aren't working. So there's a conscious openness with Sarah, but there's an unconscious resistance to support. You could kind of hear it when I was coaching her. I'd say something and she'd be like, I tried that. And Sarah, if you're listening, I'm not judging you. I'm just bringing this to your awareness. Because Sarah didn't feel supported, she probably has some trust issues with anyone that's in a support role. She probably has some unconscious resistance to support because she felt so unsupported. So that that resistance may be impacting a little bit of why full integration isn't happening, which is why I hope she and you listening come to the spring retreat because I know, I know, I know that what we do there will break through that. You do integrate the spring retreat. I'm not saying it's the be all and end all and you never have to work on yourself again, but it is a mass acceleration. And it gives you the opportunity to really release a lot of waves of emotion. Usually when we do emotional release work on our own, we do maybe one or two waves. And I really give you an environment where you release so, 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 so much, (laughs) so much. Like I've said, people have said it's 10 years of therapy in one weekend. And this is good for Sarah because I really feel like there's more anger she needs to get to at her mom. Like I said, when I was coaching her, I am all for forgiveness. I am all for compassion. I'm all for understanding the other person's side and knowing that other people in the world have it worse, but that is bypassing. You can get there, but you've got to go through the yuck. You've got to allow yourself to go into those feelings you never got to feel and feel it with compassion. It's kind of like knee surgery. You can't have a, you know, let's say a torn ACL, go in for surgery and then be running the next day. You go in for surgery, there's a recovery period, there's pain, there's discomfort, there's rehab. You can't just do, go to rehab once. You have to go and go and go and like bring that kind of new knee into its fullest potential. And that's how it is with personal development too. It's not like a one-shot deal. So keep going, keep going. And for Sarah, I also empathize with feeling like a little bit of a black sheep of the family, like your creativity, your truest self wasn't really nurtured. If you really focus on finding your voice and your power and let go of finding a man, not only will you eventually find a man that's more aligned, but you'll also find people and like-minded community and tribe where you don't feel like a black sheep. Your life will change when you go further with what we talked about. Just give yourself a little more time and come to the spring retreat. And for those of you who are obsessed with forgiving, forgive you. Your takeaways for today. Really check inside and ask, is there any resistance? Do I have trust issues? So much so 
that it's impacting how much I let therapy in or coaching in or personal development in because I have some walls up in terms of, do I really trust people? If you deal with not feeling supported, how are you at asking for support? Like that takeaway I gave Sarah, ask people in your life for support. Don't expect them to read your mind because if you're one of those people who runs the unconscious program, if I do everything on my own, then you're broadcasting that to other people and they're going to think you just have it handled. So you're going to need to speak up. You're going to need to ask. And finally, come to the spring retreat, christinehassler.com slash spring dash retreat. It's epic. It's amazing. Take advantage of the early bird discount. Just say yes. You'll figure the rest out. There's payment plans. Email Jill at christinehassler.com. I can't wait to see you there. All right, everybody. That's the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, much love and many blessings. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehassler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehassler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 